Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. My guest today is Bruce McEver, who is a businessman, author, and poet who has penned a powerful memoir of a life well lived in his new book, Many Paths. This book recounts Bruce's profound grief after the loss of his beloved wife and the physical manifestation of the divine. This sets Bruce on a course of healing and self-discovery. Many Paths is a crystal clear picture of what one person can do in this world if they're willing to work and make sacrifices to achieve their goals, whatever they may be. Welcome to Lifeology. Hey, thank you, James. That's really an, an amazing introduction. I'm, I'm quite flattered. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny when I hear things like that, too. I always laugh because I'm like, wow, that's a great person. I wish I knew that person. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's me. <laughs> yeah, so it's right. just like you. I mean, you've done so many things. <laughs> Who is that guy? I don't, I don't know. He must be a really interesting guy. <laughs> when I read the pitch that your your publisher, your, your publisher sent me, I was really overwhelmed. My father passed away when uh, in 2010. So it was a couple number, quite a number of years ago. And I remember how difficult it was for my mom and for our family overall. And so when I read the pitch, I was truly drawn to the story for many reasons, because of your book, because of the, the physical manifestation of the divine that you experienced, but just also the love, the profound love that you had for your wife. And I wanted to just really tell that story and then your journey as well as what's happened since then and how you've continued to inspire people, but also continue to heal and grow and develop. Would you be willing to tell us what happened with you and your wife? She had an aneurysm. She was a, an amazing singer. She had been um, an opera singer. Robert yeah. Shaw. She was an opera singer. She had gone to San Francisco Conservatory and Peabody Conservatory. She, like you, was a musician, and she came from a family of musicians. Her, <laughs> her mom was a concert pianist, yeah. and uh, she was on stage uh, as a young lady. And uh, at a, she she was Robert Shaw's soloist when she was sixteen years old. And she just oh my gosh. couldn't keep you couldn't keep her off stage. Uh, but actually, she was a very uh, humble, and she was also funny. And uh, she had uh, she she could have been a comic as well. And so she combined those and did a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan, which is of course using both of those skills, and became wow. the Gilbert and Sullivan wow. Operetta Diva. She started a, an opera company in 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 Salisbury, a charitable opera company. That uh, brought the um, brought the the uh, the professionals from New York up to the Berkshires for the summer, which of course they all came, mm. and the locals did sets. That opera company went on twelve years after she died. I I didn't uh, have to support it or anything. It was just a great wow. Uh, a, a couple ran it. Harriet and Paul Tomasco they did a great job, and uh, it was called wow. Locos Light Opera Company of Salisbury. <laughs> 
And uh, that's funny. <laughs> sounds appropriately named. <laughs> all that Gilbert, all that Gilbert Sullivan. But so she, uh, you just never, uh, you, you know, you go to you go to funerals and things, but and 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 wakes. You don't understand until it happens to you, frankly. And when it does, it's just so crushing and debilitating. I mean, I really had to turn over the running of my company that I had started and run for 20 years. After that, I was just incapacitated uh, for at least a couple of years. It really profoundly affects you. Yeah, and I say this as as the son of someone. I, of course, I didn't lose my spouse, but I remember when it happened with our family, just that the realization of, for my dad rather, he's not coming back. Meaning, so the thoughts of, oh, you know, there's that, that denial for the moment, but then the, re- the pervasive sense of feeling of my spouse is not coming back. And I think that's a really difficult thing for many people is they can get lost in what was versus what currently is. So there's appropriate time of grieving for many people that could be their whole life. But there's also that moment of saying, I recognize that this is not going to change as painful as it is, as much as I don't want to like it, I don't like it, that what do I do with that? So then the, the, the journey, as I put that in air quotes for people who can't see me, is then to say, well, my, my life has completely changed, but now what do I do with my life since it's changed? I think that's, that's a struggle for many people. I'm sure including myself is to finally get to that place. Well, I think, I think we, we really don't know <laughs> what happens in the afterlife. Eh? That is the question, yeah. you know, the Iroquois said if it's uh, the, the dead or as close as the other side of a leaf. That's, for instance. that's very true. And, and I've <laughs> had, uh, I had a reoccurrence. I mean, I had uh, about a year later, it's in my book, Georgia come back, mm-hmm. reappear. And uh, so I, oh, I like, okay. won't, won't ever doubt the resurrection, frankly. Yeah. Uh, yes, but I mean, I've had yeah. it comes back in dreams. Those those that are closest to you will come mm-hmm. back in dreams. Mm-hmm. It is just yes, definitely. It's in your that. psyche. I mean, I had yeah. I had a, a dream about a half a year after she passed of Georgia coming down in this incredible costume like a Russian princess with these three bears, and these bears were dancing around on the other side, and she's going. Mm. Well, I'm going back to save the animals. What are you going to do? You've got to get off of it. You know, you can't just grieve the rest of your life. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, I've, it just some things that just are stunning. I think everybody who has goes through this will have some, some things will happen to you, like the phone rings and, he's, and, and the voice of, I had a friend tell me, you know, the voice of her husband was on the other phone and she would go, <laughs> So we yeah. we we have these paranormal experiences that are with us, so yeah. you don't know how long this this lasts. You do psychologically; it's your psych. You've got to get over it after a while. Yeah, and I say that with compassion, of course. Getting over it can be like, oh, just get over it, because that's not that easy. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, it's it's amazing in life to me, and this is why I say many paths. How many chapters mm-hmm. you turn over in life as you live longer? The chapters really yeah. turn, and if you're here in Naples with people my age, they've all been through different chapters. There's nobody that really hasn't been through these chapters, or they're lucky if they yeah. have. And so, it's uh, you know, the longer the longer we live, the more more grief you're going to experience. Your friends and others, it's true, uh, you, profound loss of friends and stuff. You're, I mean, if I. If I look at my poetry, yeah. that I read, a lot of it are eulogies, frankly. 
they're just uh, mm. you know that's how you get. It, um, that's an, another point for me. Writing is is a way of getting over. It. It's it's the it's good. It's such a cathartic experience to write about this. That's the way you get yeah. over it. It's it's I what I did after she died was I started writing poems and a lot of those you feel like it could be sicky, you know, sentimental. I I checked with my friends, mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Kevin Pil- Pilkington. I took sort of my first ones too, and then my good friend Tom Lux that really got me writing, and uh, you know they helped me. And then I got a chapbook uh, 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 published and. Uh, uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, I started really writing poetry. It's what it, it, it made me do a lot of things and, and it helped, mm. it, it really was helping with the grief. It was pain that I was in and I was, I was writing to, to leave that, uh, that pain. And it really, it really yeah. does help. I took, I took a course at, uh, at the Harvard Divinity School from a guy named Michael Jackson, not the basketball player but an australian anthropologist who <laughs> was a great teacher and he had had the same experience he he, he had uh wow. he had um he, he had lost his wife and he started writing poetry and he wrote great he wrote he wrote really good stuff that was what got him teaching and stuff i the memoir teacher that i had at uh, stanford where i wrote this john evans uh, his uh-huh. wife was killed by a bear he watched it and so you know yeah. He, oh, he it, that's what helped him get over it. I mean, you know, if we, we go through these things, I had a friend of mine that was my, uh, you know, the right tackle and, 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 and where I went to school, my prep school, Sammy Lyons, mm. his wife died in a plane crash in front of him. And, you know, he tried to pull mm. her out and got burned terribly doing it. It's just, you know, it's um, it it it, we we all use different um, ways to get over that uh, that pain. When when you when you went went through this and experienced this, you know, we in the intro there, I was reading about how it took you on a a journey of self discovery, and it took you on a place of of just all over these perhaps paths, many paths that you had not discovered before. Well, how did each of those paths work together? So unfortunately, after the, the, the loss of your wife, how did, how did these paths manifest to move you to who you are today? Well, I think those paths rather. were already, I think those paths were already underway. I actually had, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, I don't tell everybody this. The day after my <laughs> wife died, I, 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 um, I was in in the in the barn. I walked in a barnyard, and and um, my my wife, my horse was there. This great quarter horse, animal, about a hundred yards away, and he he ran over when he saw me. He ran over to me and began nuzzling me, and then mm. her horse came, and then all the horses were out, you know, open some way. Mm. Uh, and and uh, and then the dog and two goats. They all this animal <laughs> ring was around me, nuzzling my face. Mm. They were they were nuzzling mm. my face, and I looked up and into the sun, and I had some powerful, you know, like a bolt went right up my 
like energy. And it, something in my head said, many paths, many paths. It was so mm. clear. It was like, <laughs> who's there? And that's what took, it, it opened me up and woke me up. And, and I sort of answered a call to, to further educate myself about the different paths, the different religious paths. I was going to work in comparative religions, but then I realized that there's really literature that I could do the best in writing. And that's what, yeah, it, Bruce, it's interesting because the trans, yeah, the transition between, cause you were in the physical, the, the, um, the fiscal world for quite a while. You were, you have a, I believe an investment company as well. And so from there, and then yeah. now the transition more to literature, the more of the esoteric thought, the religious thought. I mean, that, that's a quite interesting from, from a number system to all of a sudden something more spiritual. So it's interesting to see how so many things can be combined together. I think that's okay. a, a good reminder for all of us, you know, wherever we are in life, that it doesn't matter how, how different our, how different our hobbies may be or our skills may be somehow they're specific for you and with you, you're, the people listening, and you're able to mirror those together and merge those together because we all have a purpose and a plan for our life that's specific for us and only us. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I grew up, I, I, I was an engineer. I, I really wanted, when I, when I grew mm. up, I, I really wanted to be a scientist and engineer. And um, I, I went to Georgia Tech. Uh, I started out as an aerospace engineer, and that was really, it, when I realized what that really was. I didn't really grasp the newly prim principle as, as, you know, the, the, the real path to God. So anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I grew up with, I grew up with numbers, but what Georgia Tech taught me was also, it, it got me introduced. I mean, I was trying to be in the, in the space program. I really wanted to be, a, be an astronaut, mm. but what it, what it, what, Georgia Tech did for me. It made me not afraid of the numbers. I realized I, I was always good at math, and I could do it. And so, you know, I, I could I could handle that part of it. And then I went into finance. Yeah. I, I've always been an investor. I love that. My father got me investing, and I just it's like America, you know, helping helping these companies and you know putting the chips mm. down on you know what's gonna. It's yeah. going to succeed in figuring that out. It's just, it is, it is like a game. It's also a form of addiction and, and gambling. So, you know, yeah, I've always loved uh, the markets and how they work. And so really mm -hmm. my company is an investment bank and it deals with selling companies that are financial companies, that is securities firms and asset mm. management wow. firms. And understanding those markets, the the greatest one of the greatest things that we have in this country, we can't forget it, are our capital markets. I mean, Wall Street, mm -hmm. whatever you think about it, is really you know you, we just don't have it. Other countries don't have that, and uh, yeah, it's what it makes America great. That's where it raises its capital. That's what it may these all these things that you're dealing with Zoom and all this technology and stuff comes out of that, and mm -hmm. so. Um, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have the financing. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. 
healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. For those of you just joining us today, I'm speaking with Bruce McEver. We're talking about his book called Many Paths. Bruce went through a very heart-wrenching uh, loss of his wife of 30-some years, um, amazing woman, opera singer. Um, and so we're talking about Bruce's book, like I said, Many Paths, which talks about his journey after that and how it led him to the amazing person he is today. So as we pick up and continue with this conversation, I wanted to ask you, Bruce, you know, I was reading some of the, the background about you as well. It talks about with this journey you've experienced that there are new loves and loves lost. Tell us more about that. We're not made to be alone. I've lived with three uh, really amazing women. The first was an incredible artist and musician. Uh, and a beauty, mm. uh, just a gorgeous woman. Um, uh, mm. Christina w was a brilliant, she was first in her class at Harvard and just really scary, wow. scary, scary, scary smart. And uh, <laughs> uh, Anne is, uh, she was a, a partner at, at Goldman Sachs and a, uh, oh. Uh, suffered a loss very similar to mine, but she she is a real she has a foundation and is just um, uh, a great you know an equal. Um, she's as engaged and and uh, interested in you know doing good really doing good works. Her McNulty Prize is uh, mm. the, the social entrepreneurs that she funds with that are just really amazing people. So it's just uh, wow. such a privilege to 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 be with a person and and to have one one you can share life's journey with. Um, it's yeah. really, I mean, life's hard enough, but if you have somebody that can share it and and helps you with with that journey and understands, and if you're cheerleader, uh, wow, it really helps because you do get down after a while. Yeah. You said something very, you said many profound things, but it's, it's one thing I always like to tell people as well is like every event in our life is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. In the moment when something happens, we can get so myopic or a focal point can be all encompassing, all consuming about one thing, but you wait a little bit longer and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that piece, this situation links with this piece. And then this situation links with this piece. Do you think of a jigsaw puzzle? We've all, we've all put one together before. Sometimes you look at the jigsaw puzzle pieces. It makes sense. Like, oh yeah, these are the borders. So I know where this goes. But when you get to the details of certain things, we don't always know where some of these pieces would go when we just look at it. So that's just like their life situations. We can look at some of these pieces like this makes no sense, but all of a sudden we'll find, oh, well, that's, this is where it goes. And then now I can put the pieces around it. And then that fleshes out the picture, which is us, which is our life. And so every event we go through, whether you love it, whether you hate it, whether you resent it, whatever it might be, when you give it a little bit more time and more perspective, you'll see how one event links to another event, which leads to another event, which leads to another event, which brings to who you are today. So yes, we don't like all the events we experience, but when we look at ourselves today, if we like parts of who we are, 
more than likely we couldn't be who we are today if we didn't have some of those pieces from the past. I mean, how, how true that is. That's, that's really a profound, uh, yeah. a profound observation. Yeah, I want to read you a poem that I wrote about, about this subject. It really, it was Joseph Campbell that got me thinking. I, I was lucky enough to take seminars with him in New York in the late 80s. And what an incredible wow. man he was. Uh, he could connect all the dots. And he got me writing poetry. He got me thinking about an awful mm -hmm. lot of things and, and also the many paths of religion. He, he, he had them all. It was amazing. But he said, and this is an epigram on this poem. This, the, the poem is called The Ten Horse. And to see life as a poem and you participating in a poem is what the myth does for you. Joseph Campbell. A multicolored metal horse wow. welded from a junk tractor for junk tractor parts grazes in the front yard of an Aspen Victorian. I indulge a rocker on its inviting wraparound porch and edit my memoir. The porch seems to oblige passerbys to wave or gaze. They parade their dog to Triangle Park at the end of the street where, freed from leashes, the canines romp and chase each other yapping. Like columns of a great cathedral where the Druids once worshipped, alternate trunks of cottonwood and spruce with a deeply crevice bark boundary the yard, witness to over a century of passerbys. And those trees take me back to my grandma's house in Carroll, Nebraska, on the plains east of here, tree-bordered and porched like this, where I played on her veranda and dreamt up my future. At the end of the summer, I would climb the cherry tree, edging the porch and pick enough of its bounty for a pie, why I love porches and pies. My book is full of these memories, and from them I try to discern recognizable patterns and wonder at the hand that wrought me. So it's sort That's of like beautiful. that horse. Absolutely we put you together. Yes. You know, what were the pieces? Yeah. And, 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 you know, what, Cam what Campbell said is that when he looked back, as he was, he was leaving for Hawaii where he died, hmm. he said to a group, he says, you know, I just don't know, but there's some hand back. When I look at it, when I look at my life, look back over my life, some hand put this together. Mm -hmm. well, I always believe in what's in serendipity. So the serendipity is the connection between what we think is coincidence, but it's almost like it is a divine connection or a divine um, leading to create a serendipitous moment. That is where coincidence and divine meet to create a huge change in one's life. Yeah. So I'm a huge proponent of serendipity. People can call it whatever they want. But for me, I, I always like to think that my steps are, are set out for me now. It doesn't mean I always walk <laughs> go the direction I'm supposed to go. But I always look at it in the sense of there's, the way I look at the divine is opportunities are always in place and it's my job to walk through those doors or it's my job to walk away from those doors <laughs> or whatever it might be based on my own free will. So I always like to think, okay, 
what, what are my opportunities today? How can I be very mindful of my opportunities today? How can I be very specific and intentional? Because when I see them, yes, and I can walk through them. There's nothing worse than having an opportunity to be presented to you and not being prepared for it or not seeing it. And then unfortunately, you have to go through that whole lesson again until that opportunity or a different opportunity comes by your way again. Well, I find what happens is you start down one of these paths. And uh, if you're on the wrong path, those doors close. And if you're on the right path, those doors open. It is amazing. Unfortunately, Bruce McGavar, our time is up. We could talk all day. Yeah, we could. <laughs> and you and I will definitely talk again, Charlie. <laughs> if our listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, Many Paths, where will they find all this information online? Well, you've got to go. It's not a pretty, as you told me, it's not a pretty uh, site. It's called, you've got to go to see, it's been published by CNR Press, which is uh, run by two amazing uh, entrepreneurs, and they're going to build a really a great little press. It's CNR, CR Press. So it's www.crpress.org slash shop slash many paths. Wonderful. Uh, it, the proceeds are going for my foundation, the, uh, the foundation for religious literacy. Uh, and, um, so yeah. if you get it from them, all those proceeds will go to the, to that organization. Excellent. Well, my listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes in this particular episode at jamesmillerlifeology.com. And I will link you with Bruce McEver and we'll get you that link and we'll see if we make it a little prettier and make it a little easier to remember in the future. Bruce McEver, thank you so much. You're a wonderful guest on my show today. James, it's been a pleasure. It's such a pleasure meeting you. We, we, we have to, we really do have to get together. We've got a lot of, a lot of things in common. We certainly do. Thank you. God bless you, man. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.